0: Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S. N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S. N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S. N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.p-a-r-i-y-a-t-t-i.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation, as taught by S. N. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends,
1: seekers of peace and harmony, everyone seeks peace, harmony, inner happiness, because this is most scarce. How to experience real peace, real harmony? When the mind remains agitated, irritated, generating one negativity or the other, how can there be peace in the mind? How can there be harmony? A agitated mind can never experience peace, can never experience harmony. Why the mind gets agitated, irritated? Quite simple to understand, whenever one gets associated with something undesirable, undesirable person or undesirable situation, mind gets irritated, agitated. Or one gets disassociated with something desirable, something pleasant. Again the mind becomes agitated, irritated. And this situation, where desirables and undesirables keep on arising, keep on arising in the life, Most of the time, undesirables arise. Desirables arise, but many a times there are obstacles and the desires do not get fulfilled. One gets irritated, agitated. One starts generating negativity in the mind and becomes miserable. No peace, no harmony. What solution? One must acquire so much power that nothing undesirable should happen in the life. Everything desirable should happen. Impossible. Even the most powerful person in the world. Cannot attain this stage. Desirables, undesirables keep arising in the life, and yet, how to maintain peace, how to maintain equanimity, how to maintain balance of mind, this is needed. Because of something undesirable having happened, and you generate negativity, anger, hatred, ill will, ego, fear, anxiety, worry, any defilement, and one becomes miserable. How to come out of these defilements? Anger is a reason. And one has become very miserable because of this anger. How to come out of it? Wise people of the past found a solution which worked, which works even now. Whenever anger arises or any negativity arises, divert your attention. Divert your attention to something else. Anger has arisen because of a particular situation. You don't like it. To divert your attention. Say you take a glass of water and start drinking. Your mind is diverted. Or you start counting. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Your mind gets diverted or another diversion which became very popular you start reciting any particular word and especially the name of a deity a god in whom you have got great devotion keep on reciting his name keep on reciting a particular mantra reciting, reciting the mind gets diverted and you feel you are free from your misery But actually you are not free from misery. You have suppressed your negativity. The surface of the mind has become free from negativity. But the negativity is suppressed deep inside, where it keeps on multiplying, keeps on multiplying. And time and again it it erupts like a volcanic explosion. And again you are the same person. The solution is not a real relief, escape is no relief, running away from the problem is no relief. So the enlightened person found out, don't run away from this situation, face the situation. Observe the reality as it is, as it is. If anger is the reason, just start observing, anger as anger. Just observe, anger as anger. Not easy. When anger arises, so quickly one gets overpowered, how to observe? Then there must be somebody, an assistant. A private secretary, he or she should keep on reminding, Master, look, anger is arising. Anger is arising. Anger may arise any time within 24 hours. There is no agreement with the anger that you must arise only when my private secretary is with me. It arises any time. So for every shift, you must tell your private secretary. Who can afford? All right, you afforded it. You have afforded it, and anger is a reason. And the private secretary says, Master, look, anger is a reason, anger is a reason. And the master shouts, scolds, you are here to teach me. I am paying you for this teaching, anger, anger is anger. Even if someone is wise enough and says, all right, good, you reminded me, now as the enlightened person said. I will observe the anger, abstract anger as it is. One closes the eyes, tries to observe the anger, how to observe? It has no shape, no form, how to observe anger? The object of anger keeps coming in the mind. So and so said like this, so and so did like this, that keeps on coming in the mind. You are not observing anger you are observing the stimuli of the anger and the anger keeps on multiplying, you are not coming out of it. No solution. But one who becomes fully enlightened gives his solution. How to observe? Making the analytical study of the entire mind matter phenomenon, the enlightened person finds out like a scientist the interaction of mind and matter, and finds out that whenever any negativity arises in the mind, anger, hatred, ego, fear, anything, two things start happening at the physical level. One at a little cross level, the breath the breath will lose its normality. It will not be normal. It will become slightly hard, slightly fast. Another, at a subtler level, some biochemical reaction will start in the body, manifesting as this sensation or that sensation. These two things are bound to happen when anything arises in the mind. You can't observe anger as anger, passion as passion, fear as fear. But if you practice, he gave a technique, practice to observe the breath as it is. To observe body sensations as it is. And when one becomes <coughs> experienced in observing the <coughs> respiration, observing the body sensation the problem is solved when anger arises respiration and body sensation start helping us both of them work as private secretaries the breath will say look master something is wrong i have become hard something going wrong and the body sensations will say look master something is going wrong and you can't scold them, you have to thank them and start working. These very two things become your object of observation. You start observing your respiration as it is at that time. You start observing sensations on the body as they are at that time. This is not escape, you are not running away from the reality. They are two sides of the same coin. On the one side, a defilement in the mind, and on the other side, the respiration and sensations on the body, you are facing it, you are observing it. A wonderful solution was given by the enlightened person, observing, 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 you are not suppressing, you are not expressing, just observe. Observing, observing, it becomes weaker, 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 passes away. And more and more one gets established in the technique of observing the breath, observing the sensations on the body, the habit pattern starts changing. Every time some defilement arises in the mind, one starts feeling the sensation is very unpleasant sensation. When anger arises, there's a burning sensation throughout the body. Palpitation increases. Tension gets built up. Miserable. Or oh look, because of arising negativity in my mind, I'm feeling so much of misery. So much of misery. You observe it, observe it, it becomes weaker, weaker, at the same time one gets less and that whenever I generate any negativity, I am the first victim of the negativity. I generate anger to harm somebody. Somebody has misbehaved. So I generate anger to teach him a lesson, teach her a lesson. But what I am doing? I have started harming myself. Before I harm anybody, I start harming myself. This was the truth, the reality discovered by the super scientist of the spiritual world, the enlightened person. You can't harm anybody without first harming yourself. This reality becomes clearer and clearer as one progresses on the path of developing the faculty of feeling respiration, feeling sensation, and feeling them, you train your mind to remain equanimous. A sensation is a reason. This is not eternal. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. And observing, 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 the sensation changes. The negativity that has come becomes weaker, 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 and passes away. A wonderful solution. To observe abstract anger, fear, passion, ego, very difficult. But if one trains one's mind to observe the respiration, to observe the sensation, is workable. An ordinary person training one's mind to learn this technique, starts using it in day-to-day life. The whole process given by the enlightened one is, know thyself, all the sages and saints and the seers of the past has given this advice, know thyself, how to know myself, I know myself, I am Goinka, S, N, Goinka, what more to know, I know, doesn't help, know thyself at the experiential level, what you call I, I, mine, mine, this physical structure, which you keep on saying I, mine, I, mine, this mental structure, you keep on saying I, mine, I, mine, the combination of the two, I, mine, I, mine, what is this material structure? What is this physical structure? This has to be realized at the experiential level. This is what we call vipassana. The word vipassana means to see, to look with open eyes the shape, the form, the color, the light, etc. Vipassana, to observe in a special way. Observe keeping the mind fully equanimous. Observe understanding the nature of the reality which has manifested itself at the mental level, at the physical level. For that, one has to train the mind. About 100, 150 years ago, to learn this technique. A student was required to spare one and a half months to go to the depth of this mind-matter phenomenon and understand what is happening within myself. Today's fast life, nobody can spare one and a half month. I myself would have missed this technique. So they reduced it one month, fifteen days, ten days, yes, you get some outline. Less than 10 days, there is a waste, you waste your time. You can't go to the depth, the depth of the mind. It is like a surgical operation of the mind, going deeper, 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 and realizing what has happened, what is happening at the depth of the mind. The enlightened one found out misery is there, but the cause of misery is not outside. It appears to be so that I am miserable because something happening outside or not happening outside, so the cause is outside. So I use all my energy to rectify things outside, to change people outside so that they behave properly with me, all my energy. He realized and thought, no, the cause of your misery lies inside. Something has happened outside and you become miserable. The missing link is some unpleasant sensation as a reason in the mind. And you are reacting to that unpleasant sensation. You generate anger. This sensation becomes more unpleasant. You generate more anger, more unpleasant sensation. A vicious circle starts and for hours together, hours together keep on rolling in misery keep on rolling in this negativity without knowing what is happening. The conscious mind doesn't know what is happening at the depth. This is what we call ignorance, avidya. One does not know that I am harming myself. If I come to know that I am harming myself, I will never do that. Nobody will harm oneself, everybody wants to live a peaceful life. Happy life, harmonious life, and yet out of ignorance, one keeps on generating nothing but impurity, some defilement or the other, and facing misery, misery, misery. So instead of ignorance, wisdom should arise. Wisdom does not mean intellectual wisdom. One read all the scriptures, all the words of the enlightened one. One may understand at the intellectual level, yes, good, Buddha's teaching is wonderful, so what? You don't, get, don't gain anything, unless you experience. So he was interested in teaching people to experience the truth, experience the truth in yourself. And that gave a solution to come out of all the miseries, all the miseries. When you start experiencing inside, different kinds of sensations are there. First, you have to train your mind to become very sharp, very sensitive, to feel sensations. Otherwise, at the conscious level, one feels sensations, very gross sensations, intensified, solidified sensations, like pain, like pressure, heaviness, numbness, this is easy. But throughout the physical structure, So many types of sensations are there, all the time, day and night, every moment there is some biochemical reaction or the other taking place in this physical structure. Some electromagnetic reaction or the other taking place in this physical structure, manifesting itself as this sensation or that sensation. One has to develop the faculty to feel all kinds of sensations throughout the physical structure. Not just on one part, this part or that part, entire physical structure. For that the mind has to be very sharp. One takes a ten day course to learn this technique, a technique just to live, live a proper life, a good life, a harmonious life. Buddha's teaching is nothing but art of living. How to live peacefully and harmoniously within and how to generate nothing but peace and harmony for the atmosphere outside so that others also can live in peace and harmony. Whenever I generate negativity, I generate anger, hatred, I become miserable but I never keep this misery limited to myself. I keep on throwing this misery on others. The entire atmosphere around me gets permeated with tension, misery, unhappiness. Anybody who comes in contact with me at that time becomes miserable. What sort of life we are living? All the time making ourselves miserable, making others miserable. This is not the proper way of life. This is not an art, art of living. He taught art of living, how to live a code of conduct, how to live without harming anybody, no vocal or physical action to harm or hurt others, to disturb the peace and harmony of others. This teaching was there already. Even before Buddha, this teaching was there. Observe shila, that means live a moral life, don't perform unwholesome actions, which will harm others, hurt others, disturb the peace and harmony of the atmosphere. But Buddha went deeper, deeper. The teaching, the ordinary person understands the teaching that human being is a social being. I have to live in the society with other people. So I should not pollute the atmosphere of the society. I should not make people miserable. How can I live peaceful, peacefully when the whole atmosphere created by me is so agitated, understandable. If you don't kill, you're obliging the society, you're not harming. If you don't steal something which does not belong to you, you're obliging the society, you're obliging others. If you don't conduct commit any sexual misconduct, rape, adultery, etc., you're obliging the society. If you don't speak lies to deceive others, if you don't speak harsh words which hurt others, you're obliging. Buddha says, no, you're obliging yourself, you're helping yourself. At the same time, others are also helped. Because observing the reality within this framework of the body, it becomes so clear that you can't harm anybody. You can't take any unwholesome action, vocal or physical, which will harm others. You can't take such action before first harming yourself. Words of Buddha became so clear. Pubbe hanati hanati so pare. First you kill the peace and harmony of yourself, then you kill the peace and harmony of others. Not mere sermon, he wants you to experience that. And the whole technique of vipassana is to observe the reality within yourself. Observing, observing, it becomes so clear. I can't kill anybody without generating enormous anger, hatred, ill will, animosity. And as soon as I generate this negativity, I am the first victim. The whole body starts burning. Burning sensations there. Palpitation increases. Very unpleasant sensation throughout the body. Oh, I have started harming myself. Before harming others, I have started harming myself. You steal something belonging to somebody. You can't steal unless you generate enormous greed. And a good meditator who has reached the depth of the mind, where one feels so much of peace and harmony. One notices, as soon as greed arises, the peace is gone. The harmony is gone. The balance of the mind is gone. Oh, what I am doing? I have started harming myself. One commits sexual misconduct. One must generate a lot of passion, lust. Peace is gone. Harmony is gone, balance of the mind is gone, what I'm doing? Similarly, any vocal action, unwholesome vocal action, there can't be any unwholesome vocal action without generating some defilement or the other in the mind. And every defilement that one generates results in misery, misery. This becomes clearer and clearer at the experiential level like out of ignorance I touch burning fire my hand burns again out of ignorance again I touch burning fire it burns maybe twice, thrice and I get a lesson, I get wisdom, oh no, this is fire it burns it burns similarly practicing vipassana again and again deeper and deeper it becomes so clear look burning, look agitation, look misery, nobody wants to generate misery for oneself and yet one keeps on generating misery, misery, misery. Mere sermons won't help, but I was interested in experiencing the truth, observe the truth as it is, not as you would like to be. Anger is a reason, this does not mean you try to push out the anger, won't help, it will go deep inside. Any impurity that is the reason, never try to push it out, just accept. This is the reality of this moment, There is anger or hatred or ego or fear or anxiety, anything. Another great discovery made by this super scientist of spirituality, another great discovery Nothing can arise in the mind without a sensation on the body. Nothing can arise. law of nature. So whenever an impurity is arisen in the mind, there is bound to be some sensation or the other on the body. You have not been so perfect as to observe that impurity abstract impurity, difficult. But you start observing the sensation. Keep on observing, and you understand. The sensation is not eternal, practicing Vipassana again and again, again and again, experiencing the truth again and again, it becomes so clear. It's not eternal. The entire physical structure, the entire mental structure, constantly changing, constantly changing, changing, manifesting itself as this sensation or that sensation. And every sensation has the same characteristic arising, Passing away, arising, passing away—a very gross, solidified, intensified, unpleasant sensation arises. Seems to say see for some time, but sooner or later passes away. It is not eternal. And practicing vipassana, practicing vipassana, a time comes. Even the ten-day course, it comes. All the solidity gets dissolved. Observing the truth with equanimity, the process of dividing, dissecting, disintegrating, dissolving, dissolving, the entire physical structure which looks so apparently so solid, no solidity. This was realization of Buddha and he found the entire material world and the entire mental world, nothing but mere vibrations, vibrations. Twenty-six centuries back, Without any modern apparatus or instruments, he realized the entire physical structure is made up of very tiny particles, invisible. And he gave the name Kalapa, which we say atom now, tiniest particle. And he says this tiniest particle is also not solid. It keeps on rising, passing, rising, passing, sabbo padjalito loko. Sabbo loko pakambito pakambito Mere combustion and vibration Combustion and vibration Flux and flow One has to experience that Just accept because Buddha said so Just because the scripture says so Just because the teacher says so Won't help One is to experience And the technique helps one to experience And when you reach that stage That you have started experiencing this truth mere vibrations, mere vibrations, your attention goes to the eye sense store, vibration, vibration, ear sense store, vibration, vibration, nose sense store, vibration, vibration, tongue sense store, vibration, vibration, body sense store, vibration, vibration, mind sense store, vibration, vibration… And the respective objects, a shape or a form or a color or light comes in contact with the eyes, vibration, vibration, a sound comes in contact with the ear, vibration, vibration, a smell comes in contact with the nose, vibration, vibration, a taste comes in contact with the tongue, vibration, vibration, something tangible comes in contact with the body, vibration, vibration, a thought or the emotion comes in contact with the mind, vibration, vibration... What does one gain by experiencing this truth? This truth helps one to come out of all the defilements, to come out of all the miseries. All the teachers of the past before Buddha and teachers of the time of Buddha and even after Buddha, they were teaching. Don't get indulged in these sensual objects. When you come in contact with sensual objects and you like, you dislike, you generate craving, you generate aversion and you become miserable. That teaching was there. But Buddha went to the depth. When you come in contact with any sensual object, there is a sensation on the body. If you give valuation to that sensual object as good, the sensation becomes very pleasant. There is a flow of very pleasant vibration throughout the body. And you say, oh this object is very bad. There is a flow, the vibration changes. A flow of very unpleasant sensations. And then you start reacting. Pleasant sensation, unpleasant sensation. You start reacting with craving, with aversion, craving with aversion. You try to come out of craving and aversion that you generate towards the outside object. Good. At least your conscious mind is getting purified, getting liberated from these impurities. But doesn't help. Because deep inside, the behavior pattern is to keep on generating craving, coercion, craving, coercion, all the time, day and night, every moment, some sensation or the other is there, due to this reason or that reason, pleasant sensation, unpleasant sensation, neutral sensation, and one keeps on reacting, keeps on reacting, making oneself miserable, miserable, observing, observing, going to the depth, one starts realizing, what I am doing. This is impermanent. By experience, I understand it's not eternal. It arises to pass away. A gross sensation arises, seems to stay, ultimately passes away. A very pleasant sensation, subtle sensation arises, passes away with great rapidity, arising, passing, arising, passing. The characteristic remains the same. Something which is so ephemeral, so impermanent. What is the sense of reacting towards this, with craving or with aversion? Now one starts changing the habit pattern at the experiential level, at the depth of the mind. The behavior pattern changes and a person starts becoming a changed person altogether. One starts getting liberated from these impurities and when the mind is liberated from impurity, it becomes pure, then by nature, certain qualities starts manifesting. One quality is love. Pure love. Without a trace of passion, without a trace of lust, pure love. Pure love is only way traffic, you just give. You don't expect anything in return. Pure love for all beings. Compassion. Whenever you see anybody miserable, compassion. Compassion arises. One where you see somebody very happy. Sympathetic joy. You generate sympathetic joy seeing somebody joyful. And the fourth quality, equanimous in every situation. Ups and downs are bound to come in life. Vicissitudes are bound to come in life. Rain or sunshine, autumn or spring, bound to come in life. You don't lose the balance of your mind. You maintain perfect equanimity, not just at the surface, at the depth of the mind. One starts living a real happy life, peaceful life, harmonious life. And when I live a real happy life, peaceful life, harmonious life, I generate such wholesome vibration. The entire atmosphere around me gets permeated with these vibrations. Anybody who comes in contact with me at that time, feels happy, peaceful, harmonious, this is the art of living, taught by the Buddha. He never established a religion, somehow people started misunderstanding his teaching. He just taught a way of life, how to live peacefully and harmoniously, all the paraphernalia of a religion, he never taught. People belonging to this religion or that religion makes no difference or no religion makes no difference. One has to live a peaceful life, harmonious life, good for oneself, good for others. This is the teaching and this teaching, one can get the fruits of this teaching only by personal direct experience. This is what you call vipassana. May all of you Enjoy real peace within yourself Real harmony within yourself Not temporarily on the surface Deep inside Real peace, real harmony, real happiness Learn this wonderful technique Which is so non-sectarian Conversion From one organized religion To another organized religion Totally prohibited Conversion is there Conversion is from misery to happiness, from bondage to liberation, from cruelty to compassion, which is required by every human being. A Christian remains a good Christian the whole life. A Muslim, a Muslim, a Hindu, a Hindu, a Buddhist, a Buddhist, a Jewish, a Jewish. Human being is human being. Black or white or yellow or brown makes no difference. Man or woman makes no difference. Same type of human mind. Same type of human mind, how to make this mind purer and purer and live a happier life, good for oneself, good for others. Take advantage of this wonderful technique, which has now arisen after a gap of about 2000 years. It got lost for 2000 years. Now it has come up because one country in the world, Myanmar, Burma, maintained it in sphincter purity from teacher to pupil, from teacher to pupil. Very few people did that. Others were all involved in different things. But this particular technique was maintained and that is why it has come out now. Come out for the good of everybody in the world. It works, gives results, take advantage of it and enjoy the fruits of Dhamma, best fruits of Vipashana. May all of you be happy. Be peaceful, be liberated, liberated. Mr.
0: Gwang, would be happy to answer any questions you may have at this time. Please pass the cards down to the end of the aisle. The volunteers will collect them.
1: what was the effect of meditation on your business life <laughs> wonderful effect i was a very miserable person and when a multimillionaire or a billionaire business person comes to the course I understand a very miserable person. But I have passed through there. So much of ego. When you are successful, how wonderful, elated. And when not successful in certain business, you feel so depressed, deeply depressed. Misery, misery, nothing but misery. And this technique takes out all the misery. And the capacity to work increases. All executives Business executives or government executives, a large number of them are coming in India and other places also. Certain state governments of India is giving 14 days leave to their officers, go and take Vipassana, and practicing Vipassana, their capacity to work increases, quick decision, right decision. The same thing happened in my life, my business increased. My industries increased, my profits increased, but the life became more peaceful, more, more harmonious. How does Vipassana help depressed person? Again, depression is also a defilement of the mind and the technique helps. Anything that arises in the mind arises with a sensation on the body. A number of people suffering from deep depression, they come to the courses and they start feeling sensations in the body and then we teach them, whenever depression comes, just accept the fact, at this moment there is depression in the mind. Depression due to this, due to that, nothing doing, just depression as depression. And what sensation? At that time, any sensation that you feel anywhere in the body, Is related to depression. And by practice of Vipassana, one understands the sensations are not eternal, they arise, pass away, they arise, pass away. So, this depression, which is connected with the sensation, related with the sensation, also not eternal, bound to pass away. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. It stops overpowering you it becomes weaker, weaker, weaker and passes away. Hundreds of such cases suffering from depression have come out of this misery. Are your courses the same for prisoners and people outside? Everyone is a prisoner. (laughs) Not only those who are behind the bars or behind the walls, Everyone is a prisoner of one's own unwholesome behavior pattern. Prisoner, all the time suffering, suffering. Technique is the same. Prisoners, they are living such a miserable life. Partly because they are away from their family, away from the comfort of their house. And not only that, they keep on generating some negativity or the other. After three, four or five days when they start experiencing sensation then we say, what sort of thoughts are coming in your mind? Most of the prisoners, the thoughts that they have in their mind, revenge, when I go out I will kill that, kill that fellow who gave witness against me, I will kill that policeman, I will kill that judge, all sorts of negativities. Then we ask them, when such thoughts are there in your mind, just see what is happening in the body." And they start observing, burning sensation, miserable, you are making yourself miserable. Even if you kill, you will kill after 10 years or 20 years when you are out of the jail, not now, but you are killing yourself now, what are you doing? And they start realizing, not because of sermons, by experience, look I am harming myself, I am harming myself and a big change starts coming in them. This is what is needed, people going to the prison, they should come out better as a good citizen. But mostly when they come out they become bigger criminals because they learn more techniques of big of taking crime, making crimes. When they come out better person is a big contribution to the society. Your courses are given free of cost. What funds these courses? Free of cost? Because nobody can give you a cost you can't give. The teaching is so invaluable. What price tag can be given on that? Invaluable. If you start putting a price tag on the teaching, it loses its efficacy, loses its purity. Buddha said, never make a business out of Dhamma. Never make a teaching as a means of livelihood. Teach, teach people to share your own peace and harmony with others. Therefore no charges, no cost, even boarding and lodging, all the courses are residential courses, nothing is charged. But the money comes not from the rains of the cloud, it comes, how it comes at the end of the course, when somebody feels one has gained so much of peace and technique, a path, By which one can live a better life, compassion starts arising. So many people are miserable in the world. They don't know anything that this kind of technique exists in the world. That gives result here and now. And so scientific, no blind faith is involved. And so non-sectarian, anybody can practice, then a feeling arises. May more and more people come in contact with this technique. May more and more people get benefit of this technique and voluntarily they give donation. There are many who can't give any donation. In many of the courses in India, poorest of the poor, they come to the courses. What donation? But still, they must get Dhamma. Dhamma is not only for rich people. The technique is for everyone, everyone. When I say there is no cost, still you have to pay cost. And that cost is, you have to give ten valuable days of your invaluable life. Give me those 10 days. This is the cost of the teaching. Thank you. (laughs) Should you be, should we be vegetarian to be loving and to be peaceful? Certainly, vegetarian food is more suitable for practice, but we don't insist. During the ten-day course you will get only vegetarian healthy food. Later on, as you progress, you start feeling that vegetarian food is more suitable for the technique and you change your habit, but no force. Please help us to understand why there are different methods of vipassana which one is right did the buddha teach many methods and techniques of vipassana no only one technique and he said ekajano maggo the only one path beginning of course there are people who cannot start with awareness of respiration so some other other but truth some other truth is given and they come they come to the stage where they start feeling sensations, and the rest of the path is the same. Same technique is given. But when the purity gets lost, people start adding something, subtracting something. And Buddha was very clear in his teaching that it is keval paripunnang, that it is complete, nothing should be added in it. Keval parishuddhang, it is totally pure, nothing should be taken out of it. So if purity is maintained and the totality of the technique is maintained, it's bound to give good results. We are not here to condemn others, there are many people who are teaching different types of, and people get benefit. But to go to the depth of the mind, one has to reach the stage where the entire body gets dissolved, the mind gets dissolved, intensity of the mind, when there is some emotion, intense emotion, observing, observing, observing mere vibration, mere vibration, that stage is called bhanga, dissolution, totally dissolved. That stage has to come. Unless that stage has come, further progress is not possible. How does one get, one get beyond childhood trauma? Any trauma, whether it is because of something happened during the childhood, or as an adult, any big impact on the mind, that keeps coming, keeps coming on the surface and one feels so miserable, the same solution. Whenever something arises in the mind, any trauma that arises in the mind, any bad memory that arises in the mind, it arises with the sensation of the body. Don't go into the details of that trauma, trauma as trauma, impact as impact on the mind. And what sensation? Observing, observing, it passes away, a memory is there, something happened, so what? One does not feel miserable because of that. I am dying slowly. How do I deal with it? Everyone is dying. Every moment. Every moment one takes birth and dies, takes birth and dies. Don't feel miserable because of that. Keep observing. Whatever reality manifests itself at the mental level, at the physical level, and you will find you are out of your misery. This is an art of dying. Many people, of course, even we personal meditators, have to die. We receive information from many people, their family people. They write, "So and so died so peacefully, smilingly, no crying, no fear." Cancer cases, so much of pain, and terminal cases of. Cancer is so painful, and yet a good vipassana meditator, observing it, observing it, smilingly passes away. So many such cases have happened. It is an art of living, but that is possible only when you learn art of living. One must learn art of living to understand and be aware and be perfect in the art of dying. What is the wrong? With sex. (laughs) Nothing wrong. But if you become, if you become a sex maniac, then yes, it is wrong. Disciplined sex. Husband and wife. Good meditators, whenever passion arises, they start observing sensation, sensation, they come out of this passion, good. They are happy. If they can't come out of it, they have body relation. Nothing wrong. They are not broken the, the shila. But slowly, as you progress, a time comes when one starts enjoying celibacy and no happiness, as the happiness of celibacy, but not forced celibacy. When you have, try to have celibacy forcefully, then it is not vipassana. It must come naturally. Large number of people come to the courses with this problem. Many of them who have left the householder's life, they've taken the vow of celibacy. Not easy. Passion arises and they suppress. Passion arises, they suppress. And many of them become psychic case. They keep on running to the psychiatrist. Or they commit such heinous crimes and then There's a guilt feeling, and they become so miserable. Such problems are easily solved. Those who have taken the vow of celibacy, many of them have easily come out of this problem. Passion arises, observe the sensation. Passion arises, observe the sensation. Passion cannot overpower you. It becomes weaker, weaker, and passes away. I fully agree to what you said. I myself follow this in the same way. But I think anger is also necessary at some point in certain circumstances. For example, Hitler is again born. Then anger and violence will be required to overthrow him. Yes, Dhamma does not teach you. To allow somebody to harm you or harm others, you have to take strong action. Every state government, every government, worth the name, has the duty to look after the safeguard, the security of the citizens. They have to take strong action. Similarly, individual has to take strong action. What individual does, First you use soft language to explain somebody that what you are doing is wrong, you are harming yourself, you are harming others. But if this person does not understand soft language, you have to take hard action, vocal as well as physical, permitted. But before doing that, for few seconds you observe your sensations and see that you are equanimous. You are equanimous, you are taking hard action. But what you say, anger, then you started harming yourself. How can you help anybody? How can you make somebody live a better life when you are not living a better life? A lame person cannot help another lame person. A blind person cannot help another blind person. Make yourself healthy and take strong action. This is permitted in Dhamma and this should be done. How to find a guru? for constant guidance. Never. (laughs) Never be under the clutches of a guru. Otherwise guru will start exploiting you. Don't allow that. Here there is a guide and that also first ten days you have to go to somebody who has got experience. Because you are doing a very delicate job making a deep surgical operation of your mind. Something may not go wrong, so there must be a guide. Just a guide. After that, you are your own master. Only when a problem comes, you can take some advice. Otherwise, be self-dependent. Never be under the clutches of a guru. Is there any specific preparation before attending Vipassana course? No preparation. Come with a clean slate, as you are. If you start doing something before coming to the course, you may do something wrong and it will become so difficult. These days, ten days are just preparation. It's a long path. First few steps on this long path, but right steps on the right direction. So come with a clean slate. Don't do anything before that. My friend is addicted to drugs. Please give guidance. Send him to Vipassana. By mere guidance, I say observe your sensation. How to observe sensation? One does not have the faculty to observe sensations. So when you come to the course, first three days you have to work observing the respiration on a very small area. Buddha said Chitta Ekagata, one-pointed concentration, concentration with the object of truth. One-pointed concentration with the object of truth makes the mind very sharp, very sensitive and after three days you start feeling sensations throughout the body. Then only you are able to face all the problems of the life. How can we achieve peace when there is so much conflict and sorrow throughout the world? That is why peace is necessary. We want peace in the world. Everybody wants peace in the world. But how can there be peace in the human society world Unless there is peace in the individual, there must be peace in the individual. And then only there can be peace in the world, in the society. The entire forest has withered away. And you want to see it becomes green and blooming. You have to take care of the root of every tree. You have to give water to the to the root of every tree, then only the forest will become again green and blooming. Each individual has to work. You can't change the world. But you can change yourself. And more and more people change themselves, the world will start changing. But without changing oneself, it is a futile exercise trying to change others. Explain. ko go. Ehipassi go. These are the qualities of the teaching of Buddha, these are the qualities of Dhamma, the man's law of nature, ko. It doesn't take time. You get the fruits here and now, this very moment. The moment you make your mind free from impurity, you get the result, peace and harmony. Not that you have to wait after death after death I'll get this heaven or that heaven. Yes, you'll get this heaven or that heaven but what you're getting now? The kingdom of heaven is within yourself. First, reach the stage where you start experiencing this kingdom of heaven within. The hellfire is within yourself. First learn how to get out of this hellfire. Then after death also you'll be free from hellfire, because the seed of hellfire is gone and the seed of the kingdom of heaven is planted and you will get seed of any. So at this akali ko, here and now, result must come here and now. Law of nature is such that if you break the law, you are punished here and now. You live according to the line law of the world, of the nature, you get here and now, you get the reward. The law is keep the mind pure. When you break this law, you generate any impurity, You are punished then and there, you become so miserable. And you start living the line according to the line of the law. You keep the mind pure, you get the reward here and now. This is akaliku, Ehi Ehi ehipashiku, come and see. The technique, the Dhamma, the teaching says, come and see yourself. Don't accept just because Buddha said so. Don't accept because your teacher says so. Don't accept because your scripture says so. Experience yourself, come and experience. It is open for everybody because human being is human being, human mind is human mind. Everybody can experience the truth, the same truth and will get the same result. That is why it is called Ehipassiko. How do you conquer your emotions during meditation? Do you just let them arise? Yes, let them arise, don't try to push them out. But along with the emotion that is a reason, accept the fact, at this moment there is emotion in my mind. This or that, due to that reason or that reason, nothing doing. Emotion is emotion. And start observing the sensation. The emotion will become weaker, weaker, weaker and pass away. I am ambitious, I am ambitious person. Will your make me inactive? Oh no, no, no. Vipassana will make you very active. Vipassana takes away your blind reaction. The moment you have, you become a slave of blind reaction, there is always the element of negativity in it. You start harming yourself, you start harming others. When action, before taking any action, a good Vipassana meditator will first observe with open eyes, few seconds only, sensations and look, I am not reacting, I am equanimous then every action that you take is a real action, positive action, good for you and good for others. You will never become inactive. Not that I may be a personal or let anybody cut, come and cut me like a vegetable. Nothing doing. You have to be active. How did you do intense practice and have family? The Dhamma is for all. One who has left the family life, become a monk or nun, we pay respect. They've got more time to practice. But it is equally the same technique for the householders. There was a very wrong impression, especially in India, where people are under the impression, I was also under that impression, Buddha's teaching is only for the monks, for the nuns, not for the householders, because you never lived a good householder's life. How can you teach for the householders? When I went through the technique, when I went through the words of Buddha, such a good teaching is there for the householders. And just to prove people, that it is good for householders, I keep this huge testimonial with me. I am a householder. And look, we are living such a happy life. Do you believe in hell after death? What after death? You experience hell here and now. Come out of this hell fire and enjoy the kingdom of heaven within. What does Vipassana say about homosexuality? Sexuality, sexuality, this sexuality or that sexuality, come out of it. Come out of it in a disciplined way, not forcefully. And when you start enjoying celibacy, no happiness like that. We have
0: many more questions, but then
1: we have time for four more Right. After that, I am liberated. <laughs> <laughs> has Vipashna reached Middle Eastern countries, certainly. Courses are given in every country of the world. A country like Iran, courses are given there, large number of people are coming. In Middle East, in UAE, in Oman, courses are given. The technique is such everybody accepts, there is no religion in the world today whose followers are not attending Vipassana courses. And not only the followers, their leaders are attending courses. Up till now, more than 2,000 Christian priests and nuns have taken 10-day courses, and they keep taking, many of them. Similarly, heads of different religions, they come to the course, because the teaching is the same. In every religion, the spirituality is there. Live a moral life with a disciplined mind, pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance. This is the teaching of every religion worth the name. But people are not practicing and they don't know how to practice. When they know a technique, how to practice, they're very happy. So people from every different communities, traditions, beliefs, religions, they keep coming to the courses. I have surrendered to the Dhamma and I have a career. How best can I combine combine serious meditation with working as a lawyer. <laughs> Work as a lawyer, but a good lawyer. Don't try to cheat people by saying false things. Uh, generating some, somebody to, to give false witness just to win the case of your client. That is wrong. Take cases which are genuine. People, are, people need some legal help. When you give legal help, nothing wrong in that. But be honest, don't harm anybody just to save your client. I am an old student of Vipassana. How do I convince others to come to Dhamma? How will you convince others? People will look at you. Any change in this person? If there is no change, then they will say, Why I waste my time? Look, this fellow, he says, I am Vipassana, my <laughs> This is how you will convince others, your behavior. When they say going to the Vipassana, a big good change has come in this person, automatically they will get attracted and they will come. Could you please explain age limit? For Vipassana? Yes, one can start before birth. <laughs> Pregnant mothers are coming to the courses. They are working not only for themselves, but the coming child also. What good vibration the child gets? Purity, love, compassion. And the baby that comes out, they say, Dhamma baby. And yes, Dhamma baby. (laughs) Many pregnant women are coming just to get Dhamma baby. Otherwise, when pregnant, when you generate anger, passion, fear, what message are you giving to this child? What will the future of this child, what kind of life this child will have? So, Vipassana is most essential before birth. After birth, at the age of six or seven, we start teaching Anapana. Many children courses are being given. Adults, students of colleges and universities, they come in large numbers. There are many colleges where they are made Vipassana compulsory because it gives wonderful results. The memory becomes sharp. The mind is able to understand the subject very clearly. And of course character building is there, from that age they are the next future generation, future citizens of the country, of the humanity, they must have good character. So send the children, first you take courses and then talk of the children, be happy, be peaceful, be liberated.